Well, guys, this morning, we've got Mr. Mike Benson back with us this morning. You've heard of the Baconator, right? I think it's Burger King or something. Well, I think of Mike as the Bensonator. So would you uh, welcome Mike um, as he comes this morning? Let's give him a hand. Good morning, gentlemen. Woo it's early in the morning. Hallelujah. Uh, so um, things have been going really good. Uh, the conquerors are uh, kicking the devil in the head. Uh, that's that's our that's our job description. Stomp his guts out, basically. And uh, we're we're in the midst of a record year uh, right now. In 14 years since I started ministry with the conquerors. Um, our best year has been uh, 25,000 decisions in one year. Um, that, that's, that's a real good, good year. And uh, so far this year, we have 86,000 decisions for Jesus Christ. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, we still have a trip uh, uh, to Cambodia in December, and we're working on a trip, and we're this close to finalizing it in November to Nepal, so we're looking to crack 100,000 decisions for Jesus Christ. Woohoo! Yeah. I call that a good start. <laughs> I, I want millions. Uh, uh, we're passionate about souls. So the message I want to talk to you guys this morning about <clears throat> is destroying the works of Satan. Destroying the works of Satan. I mean, we were born again, not just to go to heaven someday, but we were born again to be conformed to his image. That's the reason we're born again, is to be conformed to Jesus' image. That's what a disciple looks like, somebody who is just like Jesus. And in the spiritual realm, it's... When God sees you, he sees you in Jesus Christ. He doesn't see you the way you see yourself or the way I see myself. He sees us in Jesus Christ. In uh, 1 John 3, 8, we see Jesus' purpose or mission statement, his why. I mean, he's the son of God. He did a lot of things, but here's, here's his why. Uh, he, he had two of them, but here's the first one. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to, he didn't come to ask, he came to set up shop, he came to take back what the enemy stole, he came to conquer, and he came to advance the kingdom. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so he was advancing the kingdom of heaven, he was proclaiming the kingdom of heaven, and he demonstrated the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's, that's his why. And so if we're born again, if we're one spirit with him, we should be joined to his purpose. And that means we should be destroying Satan's works everywhere we see them. Everywhere we see them. Poverty is a work of the enemy. 
Um, sickness is a work of the enemy. Death is a work of the enemy. All those things are works of Satan. And as a child of the king, we should be destroying those works everywhere we see them. If you see a marriage that is getting tore up by the enemy, we should intervene and destroy the works of Satan. Uh, Luke 10, 19 this is in the Passion Translation. It says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. All of his authority. Every single bit. And there's none missing. There's not like we have a lesser authority and, and we're under. Jesus gave us all his authority. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Every power that he possesses. There's no, there's no maybe you can, you, you know, you might, if you graduate, you might make it to the big leagues, every power. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Um, I, I like the illustration of a police officer. A police officer, he gets his authority from his uniform. You know, if a, if a police officer fully with his uniform on, if he stands, he walks into an intersection and he stands there and he puts his hand up, everybody's going to be stopping, right? <laughs> Sitting there, yes, sir, no, sir, waiting for the next command, right? Because they recognize that authority. It's delegated authority. The authority is not it doesn't belong to the police officer. It belongs to the government, but it's been delegated to him. Now, that same police officer, he or she could wake up in the morning, not put their uniform on, go stand in the same intersection in their PJs, raise their hand, and they're going to get a totally different reaction. They're not going to get ran over. Hopefully, there's nobody out there that crazy. Uh, but they're going to get drove around. They're going to get some colorful sign language directed their way, right? <laughs> some birds, and they're going to get some other things. Because it's the uniform, it's what, what distinguishes them and sets them apart. And a police officer has something called a sidearm or a service weapon. That's power that backs up that authority. <laughs> that means if you don't heed that command, he... Or she can pull that out. If, if, if a police officer uh, happens upon an armed robbery or something and the robber comes out and he stands there and says, stop in the name of the law, and the criminal says, whatever, then he's got that sidearm he can pull out and say, all right, you're going to stop right now or I'm going I'm to put you down. <laughs> That'll get his attention real quick. But it doesn't do any good if he leaves it in his holster. <laughs> the guy will laugh at him or shoot him or run. See, we as believers in Jesus Christ have been given delegated authority. And, and what are we clothed in? <laughs> A lot of times I can see it, we're clothed in shame, we're, we're clothed in guilt, we're clothed in anything. But, but the scripture says if we walk in this authority, nothing will ever harm us. Nothing can touch us if we walk in this authority. Mm, mm, mm. And we've been given weapons too. We have been given power to back up the authority that Jesus Christ gave us. And, you know, there's power confrontations. There, is a, there, there was a definite power struggle happening 
when Jesus walked the earth. But Jesus didn't come against Satan in his kingdom. He came upon him. You know, in a battlefield situation, when two militaries of the same strength or relatively same strength meet on a battlefield, they come against each other. But we'll take the United States as an example and, like, say, the Taliban, which was very uh, uh, uneven, right? Our, our, our military power is superior to theirs. We came upon them. We shouldn't be coming against the enemy. We should be coming upon him. <laughs> because he's, he, he's outclassed. He's outmatched. He, he, there's nothing he can do. He couldn't touch Jesus. He tried once in the desert after fasting for 40 days, and the enemy said, the scripture says the enemy left him for another opportune time. And the only reason the enemy got Jesus is because Jesus allowed it. <laughs> That's a whole different message right there. And power encounters, I've experienced several power encounters. I've, overseas, we've had thousands of them, and we have them here in America too. Uh, just, uh, I think it was about a month ago or so, I ministered at Access, the young adults uh, ministry here at Resurrection Life. It was, it was phenomenal. The Holy Spirit showed up in a big way. I mean, it was, we had tons of students up front, and they were getting healed and set free, and, and we were ministering, and, and Pastor Jake, and, and we were up there and going from person to person. I got to this one guy, and I went to put my hand on him, and he said, don't touch me. <sighs> I, said, I said, all right, here we go. <laughs> I said, here you go. You know, this, this, this kid, he, he had several demons in him, several demons in him. And, um, you know, he's, he's trying to get up on me, and I just put my hand out, and I said, oh, no. And I'm thinking to myself, devil, man, when are you going to learn? <laughs> when are you going to learn? Uh, and... Uh, they were, they were saying to me, they were saying, um, he, he always lets us back in. You ain't going to cast us out. That's, that's what they said to me. I said, oh, yeah, you're going to get out of him <laughs> in the name of Jesus. And so he's huffing and puffing. And we're going on like this, and I'm just sitting there calm, cool, collective, letting the peace of God. And, you know, I've had this happen in churches before. I was at one church, and a guy manifested demons, and... I mean, it was crazy. I mean, his eyes got black, and, and his tongue came all the way down here, and he, 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 he was pushing all the chairs out of the way. People were running and screaming out of the church. Um, he ended up getting healed and delivered. Now I go and see him, and he's worshiping God and, and in his right mind, and, you know. Um, and uh, so, but it was amazing to me to see the students, how they reacted. They got on their knees, a lot of them, in a, in a circle at a distance, and they were praying and worshiping God, and they weren't, there was no fear in that room, <laughs> no fear. <laughs> and so we're, I'm going on with this, this, this guy, and, and I'm asking him what's his name, and he, he ain't telling me, and I ask him what their name is, and, and they're not telling me. And it's getting to be like 15 minutes now, almost 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, internally... I, while this is going on, I'm having a dialogue with the Holy Spirit internally. I'm dialoguing with him, and I'm like, please, Lord, do not let this be one who comes out with prayer and fasting. <laughs> because we, we got plenty of prayer, but we ain't got time to fast right now. <laughs> oh, you know, this is, it ain't my reputation, it's your reputation online, not mine. <laughs> and um, 
And uh, so then the, then the dude spit on me, hocked a loogie. I mean, spit right in my face, right? And everybody, I could see the reaction. Everybody, they're like, oh, he's about to lay hands <laughs> in a vigorous manner. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I just, uh, it was the grace of God, trust me. It was the grace of God. And I just, I just, I said, really? I said, seriously, that's all you got? <laughs> that's what you're coming with? And uh, I'm listening, and uh, in the Holy Spirit, he says, name above every name. That's all he said, name above every name. So I, I command him, I said, in the name of Jesus, get on your knees. And he goes, and he's trying, and he gets down on one knee, and he's looking up at me, and he's going, ah, like this, and, and spitting everywhere and everything. And, and I said, I said, in the name of Jesus, get on your knees. And he gets on his knees. And then, so I start, I start praying in tongues, but it wasn't like I was praying. I was speaking, directing to them in tongues. And I've heard Native American dialects before, and I knew by, by the Holy Spirit that I was speaking in a Native American dialect. To him, and and I, and I could tell when I'd say Jesus's name, and he started. They started. He started grabbing his hair, and he started freaking out. And then I said, "In your native language." And right after that, the Holy Spirit said, "Use the angels." And I said, "Ministering angels, escort him out." And bam, he he got totally free, totally free. Worked with him. He had some forgiveness issues. Got him filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, I, I checked with Pastor Jake, and he is doing really good. <laughs> The kid, the kid is free. He's walking in his freedom, and he is just, yeah. And uh, I got a Facebook message from him uh, the next day, and he said, hey, you, you, you might remember me. I'm the guy who spit in your face. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, he said, I don't remember much, but I remember that when you were asking me what my name was, I kept hearing the name Baycock, Baycock, Baycock over and over. And I was like, oh, that's curious. I'm going to look that up. And I looked it up, and, and you can look it up too, B-A-K-O-K, Baycock. It is an ancient, malevolent Ojibwe spirit. See, the Holy Spirit knows how to do warfare. <laughs> you know, if you by yourself are against the enemy, you're no match for him. If you go in your, in your own humanness, like uh, the... The seven sons of Skiba got whooped by the enemy and kicked out of there. Yeah, but if you go in the authority of the name above every name, the one who's in you, the enemy doesn't stand a chance. Now, not every power encounter is dramatic as that. Okay, it's not, you know, people, deliverance ministry, I've been operating in deliverance ministry for years now, and a lot of times people get all, they think, you know, the exorcist, you know, swivel head, projectile vomiting, <laughs> It's not, there's power encounters that are like that. There's, there's, I say it like this, there's two ends of the spectrum. There's one extreme where if you have a cold, the sniffles, you know, some people say, you got, you got a demon in your nose. No, you don't have a demon in your nose, you got a cold. <laughs> you, you, you got a cold, right? And then there's the other end of the spectrum where there's no such thing as, as the devil, everything's biological, everything, there's a medical or biological reason. Those are two extreme ends of the spectrum. 
But the truth is, is that anything that steals, kills, or destroys, anything that causes death or dis, it all emanates from one source, that's Satan, because the earth is full of a curse because of what Adam did when he, rel- he gave his authority to Satan and the curse came into the earth, sin came into the earth, and therefore death came into the earth. That's why the animals are eating each other up and everything's dying and decaying. So in one sense, yes, that cold is a result of what Satan did when he rebelled in heaven and fell. Do you see what I'm saying? It is. It is. So, you know, I pray for colds, I pray for cancer, I pray for anything. Anything that steals, kills, and destroys has its roots in Satan. Anything that gives life and life abundantly has its roots in Jesus Christ. Do you, do you, do you get it? Do you understand? Everybody's tracking with that? And, but the greatest power encounter that we as men have to learn how to master is the internal power encounters. The battle that we wrestle with the flesh is our number one thing. So many believers come to me and they're saying, oh man, the devil, and they're describing, I said, hey, the devil, that's your flesh. You get your flesh under subjection, then you'll, then you'll, then you'll encounter real spiritual warfare. Hmm. Give you an example. I was driving, I was going to Kalamazoo, I was going to go meet with a, a pastor friend, and uh, I'm, I'm driving down Wilson, and it's a nice sunny day, everything's going good, I'm driving in my truck, I check my blind spot, everything's good, and I go to lane change and crunch, 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 ooh, I sideswipe somebody. So she pulls over, I pull over, and the first thought that came to my mind was, oh, my blankety-blanking truck. <laughs> oh, don't look at me all pious now. Come on now. We're going to get real in here, all right? I didn't say it, but man, uh, the thoughts were flying. Where did that come from? That came from directly from my flesh. My flesh immediately rose up. I mean, it was, uh, and, and flesh is always self centered. Mm-hmm. Flesh is always focused on yourself. And, and, and I pulled over, and then I had a split second, and my spirit kicked in, and I was like, oh no, oh no. No, this mess is going to be a message. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I, it, it may have been my fault, but devil, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> I may have caused this, but you're going to pay. <laughs> Anytime anything caused me any discomfort, I'm taking it out on him. And uh, so I pull over, and the lady got out, and she was irate, and rightly so. You know, she says, what were you, oh, my gosh, what were you thinking? I said, I'm sorry, ma'am, obviously I wasn't. <laughs> and... Uh, her, both her door, her, her, her driver's side and her passenger door, they're all crunched up. Everything's crunched up. So I'm talking to her. I'm being very conciliatory. And, you know, I'm de-escalating the situation. And the police show up. And, and the officer comes and gets my information. And everything is going in there. And, uh, and then I walk around and look at my truck. Not a scratch on it. Not a scratch. I'm like, What? And I look, and there's a scratch about this big. You can, you can check it out. It's about this big. You can hardly see it on my rim. My rim caught the gap in between her two doors and crunched up both of her doors. Not a scratch on my truck. So that made me feel a lot, a lot better. <laughs> uh, my insurance premiums were not going to be going up or anything. I was, I was happy about that. And uh, so I'm talking to this lady, and I'm looking, I'm looking for a way in. 
Okay, whenever I talk to anybody, it doesn't matter if I'm checking out at a store, I'm looking for a way in. And, and she's telling me, yeah, I just left testing. And I said, oh, really? And uh, what's, oh, she said, I got all these problems, my back. And I was like, bingo, there's my way in. She's describing to me about her back and, and how it's hurting and, and, and everything. And she's got, she had this surgery and, and all these nerves, all these problems. And I says, hey, would you like your back healed? And she said, oh, yeah, the doctor said in like, like a couple months it, it, I might be able to start getting some feeling. And it may take a couple of years. I says, no, no, no. I says, do you want your back healed right now? I says, if you allow me to pray for you right now, Jesus will totally heal your back. And she's just looking at me like, what? <laughs> Authority has boldness. All right? A police officer doesn't have to ask you to comply with his commands. He tells you when you're going to comply. He doesn't say, well, maybe, you know, if you would be, please don't do that. No, no. He, he, authority brings a sense of boldness. And so I just said, if, if you let me pray for you, Jesus will heal you right now. So I prayed for her, and she tr started tripping. <laughs> her back got totally healed. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was like, all right, yeah. This is, my, my, my total mindset was changed and everything about my day. And then, the police, and then she goes on her way, and then the police officer standing there, and the Holy Spirit says, he's got shoulder pain. <laughs> and I says, excuse me, officer. I says, well, we got something started now. I'm going all in. <laughs> and uh, I says, excuse me, officer, would you like your shoulder pain healed? And, and he's like, hmm? how did you know? I said, I didn't know, but the one who lives in me, his name is Jesus. He knows, and he wants to heal your shoulders. So I prayed for him. He got his healing, went off, and my day was blessed. But that wouldn't have happened if I lost the power encounter internally. If I let my flesh have ascendancy over that situation, I would have lost every opportunity to witness the love of Jesus Christ. Healing is a, healing is a weapon. It is a weapon. It is a way that Jesus demonstrates his power and his authority over the power of darkness. I mean, you can do all kinds of methods. You can tell people Jesus loves them. That's true. It's valid. You can give them the word of God. You can do all that. Or you can demonstrate the love of Jesus. <laughs> that, you let Jesus in you do what only he can do. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, ooh. <laughs> Jesus never questioned God whether it was his will to heal anybody. He just healed them all. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. That means your spirit and Jesus' spirit are mingled into one. There's no difference. Heaven doesn't see a difference between your spirit and Jesus' spirit. He sees it as one. God sees you as one with Jesus Christ. Now, when you get your flesh under control, tell it to shut up, you will start to experience the fullness of that unity right there. Mm-hmm. Just remember, when you're running all these tapes through your head, I'm such a loser, I can't this and all that, you're not just talking about yourself, you're talking about Jesus too. If Jesus came and sat across from you, the things you say about yourself, I guarantee you wouldn't say to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
2 Corinthians 10, 4, for although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Jesus came and he was dismantling and destroying Satan's system. This world system, Satan is called the small g God of this world. Jesus came to dismantle and destroy his system. And let me tell you something. We can say it's the kingdom of darkness and all that, but Satan does not reign over a kingdom because he's not a king. He's a prince. You got to be a king to have a kingdom. There's only one king. There's only one Lord, and his name is Jesus Christ. So anything this world has, has nothing compared to what Jesus has. And you have all the authority. You have it all. Um, Matthew 18, 11. This is the other purpose statement for why Jesus came. He says, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Some people would say, oh, yeah, he came to save souls. Yeah, he did come to save souls. But he came to save that which was lost, not those who are lost, that which was lost. What was lost? The authority that God delegated to mankind in the garden. Adam listened to the enemy and gave his authority to Satan. Jesus came back to restore man to their proper authority. That which was lost, the authority. I'm coming here to restore it. That which is lost, I'm giving it back. That's why he's called the second Adam. Scripture calls him the second Adam. We have authority over our situations. We have authority over our, our own lives. We have authority over our communities. We have authority. But you know what? It doesn't do us any good if we keep our uniform in the closet. If we never put it on, our gun, our weapons stay on the coffee table, right? You got to put on that authority. You have to use it and you have to walk in it. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. So out of all the weapons God employs, the one that I love more than anything, and it's, it's kind of my bent or my... My lane is healing. Um, I, I love it. I love to see people get healed. I love to see the reaction on their face. Uh, I just, I mean, I just love it. I mean, I was, me and my wife and my daughter were just in a family fair in Granville a couple days ago. We are walking, and uh, this lady, she just comes up to us, and she says, are you from Res Life? And I said, yeah, we are. And she says, will you pray for me? And uh, I was like, man, our church has got a good reputation. <laughs> Are you from Res? Yeah, will you pray for me? I was like, that's a good, yeah, that's right. So I said, yeah, what's, what's going on? And she started, you know, she started trembling. She started telling me her tooth was just, I mean, it was just giving her all kinds of drama. And, and she started just crying. And, and I've just been so miserable and all that. And, and I just stood there and I just gave her a hug. And I just held her and she's crying on my shoulder right there in the middle of the store. My daughter and my wife, are, they, they start interceding. They, they're just interceding right away. They know what's up. And uh, they just start interceding. And uh, so I just grabbed her, and I just, I just started 
praying, I started commanding that tooth. I don't pray and ask God to do anything because he's already done everything. He's already done everything. We don't have to ask him to heal anybody. He's already given us the authority to heal. He's given us authority over sickness, over death, over everything. Our bodies, we have authority over the earth. Our bodies are basically five buckets of water and a bucket of dirt. And they're going right back into the ground. We have authority over bodies. So I started commanding that tooth to be made whole. I started commanding the pain to leave in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Ghost came on her, and she was going back. She, she almost went down right there. And I had to grab her by the shoulders. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, man, please, Jesus, that ain't going to look good. <laughs> Big guy standing over a lady out on the ground. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that could be interpreted in many different wrong ways. <laughs> and so just start, and she's, she, uh, she, you could see it. You could see the relief in her eyes. You could see, and she was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I feel so much better. And she, it was just, and, 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 you know, we prayed for her one more time, and she went on her way. That's a, that's a power encounter. People are looking to experience Jesus. They hear a lot about him, but very few people get a chance to experience him. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. One thing when that, that gets a lot of people, and I've talked to several people at several church, churches, is what happens when you pray for somebody and nobody gets healed and, and, and nothing happens, you don't get healed. Well, the first thing you have to keep in the, in the forefront of your thinking is, I always keep in the forefront of my thinking, I'm not responsible for results, I'm responsible for obedience. Okay. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. That's a command in the scripture. You don't need goosebumps or Holy Ghost experience to do that. If you read the scripture, it says it. you would do what it says, then you'll go and do it, right? It is the word of God. It is authority, right? The scripture even says, these signs shall follow those who believe, it doesn't say these signs will follow pastors. These signs will follow evangelists or prophets or special anointed ones. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they shall. In, in, in his authority, they shall. Do you, do, you, do you get that? So if you're a believer, you should be operating in the authority that you've been given. You should be laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, speaking in new tongues, and if any, and, and, and nothing will hurt you. Paul, we all heard the story of Paul. He got bit by a serpent on the hand, and he shook it off, and all the people are waiting for him to die, and it didn't phase him, and they're like, he, the gods are among us. <laughs> no, he was walking in the authority. Mm, 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 mm. And the second thing is, healing is spiritual warfare. It's not just about the symptoms. I prayed for so many people who've had a pain or chronic injuries or something, and I pray for it, nothing happens. The first thing I go to is, are, do you, have, are you harboring any unforgiveness? <laughs> I have had whole mass healings happen from mass forgiveness. 
Because if you harbor any unforgiveness in your heart, you cut yourself off from God. You don't cut God off from you. You cut yourself off from God. Hmm. And I've had, and I've led people, I said, Do you, are you holding, you know, the whole, I'll call people up. They'll be all, I'll be up there with all different types of pain and depression and everything. And I'll ask them questions. You know, the, I usually start off with depression. Then I'll say, has anybody got any pain in their body? 99% raise their hand. They got physical pain in their body. And then I'll ask them, does anybody have a person or people you know you need to forgive? And then about 90, most of the times it's 100%, everybody raise their hand. And I says, I could pray for you, the anointing and the gifting on my life, and you could get totally set free from the pain and stuff and walk right out there. But if you have unforgiveness in your heart, Satan's got real estate in you. Hmm. Whenever you harbor unforgiveness, you give the enemy real estate in your heart and mind. And it put it right back on you. Hmm. And then so we deal with the root. You know, so many times we're just, we're just fruit inspectors. We like trimming, trimming leaves and, and, and bad fruit, but we don't deal with the roots. When you deal with the root, bam, you don't have any more fruit. It's spiritual warfare. Sometimes there is a spirit of infirmity that is attacking the person, and you have to come against it, and, and, and you have to do warfare. It's very rare that I pray for people in the church one time. Hmm. And the, the, the people who are the hardest to receive healing are people in the, a lot of times in the church because they've been programmed with religious mindsets and belief systems that didn't come from God, that came from man. Like God's trying to teach you a lesson by putting that on you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God doesn't use any sickness to teach anybody a lesson. He uses two things to teach his children, his word and the Holy Spirit. At least that's what it says in my Bible. <laughs> I never saw Jesus say, oh, no, you, you must endure this. The Lord's teaching you something out of this. That is so dumb. I mean, could you imagine God's a father, right? Imagine if, 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 if I told my kids when they were younger, don't play in the street. You can play in the front yard, but don't play in the street because you, you might get hit by a car. I'm trying to protect them. And then I look out there, and I see my kids playing in the street, and I say, oh, really? They're going to violate my command? I'll show them. And I call my neighbor and say, hey, Tom, would you come run my kids over with your car? I'm trying to teach them a lesson. I would be the worst father on the face of the planet. I'd be put in jail, right, rightly so, right? But yet we say that about God. So many people, oh, God's trying to teach you something, trying to teach you a lesson. No, he's not trying to teach you anything. God wants you free. He wants you healed. He wants you delivered. So right now, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. <clears throat> I want you to get alone with the one place where you think nobody sees or hears what's going on, the dialogues that happen internally. That's the place of your heart. Out of your heart flow the issues of life. And I want you to get real honest with yourself. Because here's a fact. One day, one way, every man in this room is going to leave your body. You're going to stand before God, creator of heaven and earth. 
He's not going to whip out a set of cosmic scales and put all your good deeds and church attendance on one side, put all your sins and, and mistakes on the other side, and see which one weighs out more to determine whether you spend eternity with the Father or you spend eternity separated from the Father in a place called hell. He's going to look every one of us directly in the eyes and he's going to ask us one question, one question only. Do you know my son and does my son know you? Not do you know about him, but do you know him? And if you can't look God in the eyes and say, yes, I know Jesus, and Jesus will be right there to say, yeah, I know him, then I got news for you. If you can't honestly say, yes, I know him, you can know a lot about him, read a lot of scripture. The Pharisees knew more scripture than anybody, yet they were full of the devil. Then I got bad news. You're going you, to spend eternity separated from him. But here's the thing. If you can't honestly answer yes, I got good news for you this morning. This morning you can make a decision that will change your heart and change your life. You can get off the fence, quit playing games and saying, I'm all in. I want this relationship. I want it. I'm, I'm ready to surrender. So no one looking around. This is between you and the Lord. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Slip up your hand. Anybody in here? Everybody say, I see that hand right there. Raise it high so I can see it. I'm not going to call you up. Okay, I see that hand. All right. Those who raise their hand, repeat this prayer with me. Everybody else can join in as well. Mean it with your heart and say it with your mouth. Say, dear Jesus, this day I give you my life my heart, my soul, my everything, because I believe in you. I believe in what you did. You sacrificed your life for my sin, and I have sinned, God, against you and against my fellow man. But this morning, I repent. I turn my back. I'm living for myself. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. From this day forward, I'm living for you. Jesus, Savior, and Lord of my life. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause, huh?